Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. sorrow, suffering, pain, whatever we may be facing. Aren't you glad that the Word of God gives us the answers for that? Gives us the answers for that. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you if you are born again that's for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time wherein we greatly rejoice Though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy, unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the truth that is in your word. Thank you, God, for direction and encouragement and strength. Lord, let your anointing be upon us today. Your word is already anointed, but help us to deliver it in such a way. God, it encourages, strengthens, and transforms the lives of your disciples in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. Lord bless you. You can be seated. My assignment this morning is faith under fire. Say that with me. Faith under fire. Tuesday night, we begin to teach on the king and his kingdom. The Bible is not a tale of a religion or an organization. The Bible chronicles for us the story of a king and his love for his sons and his daughters. It is a government. The kingdom is a government. The currency of the kingdom is extremely valuable. The kingdom economy remains consistent. No matter what happens in the world, the kingdom economy is never crashing. It is never up and down and and sometimes uh, uh, valuable and sometimes not. It's not like the euro, which the European Union uses as their currency. It's not like the dollar which we use as our tender here. It's not like the peso in Mexico. Amen. But faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Peter says that it is more valuable than gold. Stock markets rise and fall. Faith maintains its value. Look at Luke chapter 17 and verse 6. Luke 17 and 6. The Lord said, If you had faith 
as a grain of mustard seed. You might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. What is he saying? He's saying faith is so powerful and so valuable that you don't need a whole lot. You just got to use it. Can you imagine? Pluck up the tree and plant it in the sea. Not just move it, but plant it in the sea. Faith is a powerful economy in the kingdom. Faith is how we please God. But without faith, Hebrews writes in 11 and 6, it is impossible to please Him. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. We find that we are saved by faith. The Bible teaches us. We pray by faith. We are healed by faith. It is by faith that we are delivered. We walk by faith. We live by faith. We worship by faith. We give by faith. It is through faith that we understand that the world was framed by the word of God. By faith, it is the elders, they obtained a good report. By faith, Abel worshipped with a more excellent sacrifice. By faith, Enoch was walking on this earth and then he was walking in heaven. Can you imagine that? Hallelujah. By faith. By faith, Abraham left Ur of Chaldees and headed to a place that he did not know. Amen. By faith, he looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. By faith, amen, Sarah, his wife, received strength to conceive, to carry, and to deliver a child at the age of 90. By faith. By faith, Abraham took his beloved son Isaac to the top of Mount Moriah and would offer him there, amen, as a sacrifice. But God stepped in and gave him a lamb in place of it. By faith, we find that he believed that God was able, if he killed him, was able to raise him up even from the dead. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob worshipped, amen, when he was old, leaning on his staff and worshiping God. By faith, Joseph, on his deathbed, said that God was going to take the Israelites out of Egypt, and he said, Take my bones with you because God's going to take you out of here. By faith, we find Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. By faith, he left Egypt. Amen. By faith, he kept the Passover. By faith, he crossed the... You think you need faith? You can't make it without faith. I can't make it without faith. It was faith that caused Jericho's walls to fall down. It was faith that caused the giant to fall down. It was faith that saved Rahab. Faith that caused Gideon to take 300 men and, and, and destroy the host of Midian. It was faith that Samuel lived for God. Faith is what Barak did. It is even Samson has said that he did things by faith. David by faith. Daniel by faith. If you read in Hebrews, you will find that the Hall of Fame says that the Old Testament saints subdued kingdoms wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lion by faith. By faith, they quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight. Amen. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens by faith. By faith, they endured cruel mockings and scourgings and, and, and went to prisons and had bonds by faith. They obtained this by the currency of faith. Without, no wonder God says in his word, without faith is impossible to please God. Amen. But the Bible tells us that the believer has a word of faith that is nigh them in their mouth. Faith is your breath. Amen. Where you pray and where you praise. Faith is where you walk every day when you get up in the morning, when you go to job. Amen. It must be by faith. 
Can you thank the Lord today for faith? In 1 Peter chapter 1, it says, Wherein you greatly rejoice, in our, our main text today, wherein you greatly rejoice. You rejoice. You rejoice. Listen to the wording here. You greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold tests, through manifold trials, through manifold temptation. For you folks that don't know what manifold is, it's not the part of your car. Amen. It means a whole lot. A whole lot. Amen. Of trials and tests. For it says in verse 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perished, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory. The trial of your faith, more precious than gold. First Peter 5 and 10, he continues the same narrative. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you've suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever, ever and ever by faith. Amen. That's how we live. When you consider the refining of gold and the calibration of gold and how that gold through history holds its value. I like a little gold. You like a little gold? I like a whole lot of gold, matter of fact. Do you realize out of the 118 elements of the periodic table, gold is the top choice for currency? I looked at one article and did a little research on gold and how it is refined. One article stated that the process must be precise. There's a lot of room for something to go wrong in the calibration and purification of gold. Because of this, a refiner must be highly skilled, must be very aware and capable. Well, Malachi says it like this in 3 and 3, speaking of God, he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He shall purify the sons of Levi. Can I tell you today that he is the refiner when it says that our faith is going to be tested? It's not that the devil's got his hand on the thermostat. It's God that's got his hand on the thermostat. When suffering comes into your life, it is not the devil that's got his hand on the heat. It's God that's got his hand on the heat. Consider with me the process of refining gold. I think I've got seven steps that I've found that were put in place for gold. First of all, you got to find it. Gold's not easy to find. You got to find it, you got to discover it, dig for it, mine about it. Some use dynamite sifting through water, whatever the case may be. But gold has to be found, dug out and sifted because in its pure form it is not it uh, in its in its raw form it is not pure so the first thing they have to do is find it that's a process the second thing is that it has to be broken by the refiner the mine ore had to be broken before it was exposed to the heat our faith is tested by the word we find that jeremiah said god's word is like a hammer that breaks rocks. God's word comes along and says, okay, there's some gold in you, but there's also some ore in you. There's some iron ore in you, and God's word wants to hammer at that to get to the gold. It has to be broken. The third thing is that it is introduced to the crucible in the furnace. The refiner takes that broken crushed or into a crucible, a, a fireproof a, a melting pot, if you please, that could withstand extreme heat, and then the crucible is placed into the furnace. 
The writer of Proverbs says in 17 and 3, The fining pot is for silver, or the crucible is for silver, and the furnace for gold. But the Lord trieth the hearts. God is going to test you. He says it over and over again. God is going to test us. The next step, the fourth step, is the dross has to be removed. The refiner watches as the ore is, is melts into the crucible and he sees layers of imperfection and impurities called dross. And, and he begins to, to see it form on the surface and he meticulously begins to remove the dross so as not to harm any part of the gold. And then step number five it is a continual process. The refiner turns up the heat to a higher degree, and the heat begins to extract more impurities. Then he painstakingly skims off these impurities, and then he turns the heat up again, again and again. The process is repeated. The furnace can range between 1,000 and 12,000 thousand degrees Celsius. Again and again, the refiner continues to refine the gold until the dross is taken out of it. We find that in Psalm 12 and 6, the words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Listen, your trial of your faith is not a one-time graduation See you gone. It's not like you get, a, you get a diploma from your kindergarten trial, amen, and you never have another one. But no siree, you get, a, you get a first grade diploma and a second grade diploma and a third grade diploma. As a matter of fact, every day it seems like we are reintroduced to a new trial. Sometimes they're more intense. There's some folks that feel like when the toast is burnt, that's the trial. Are their furnaces toast? That's a trial. The flat tire happens. That's a trial. Lord, have mercy. If that's our suffering, we are spoiled rotten. Somebody say amen. The writer of Romans, Paul, said that righteousness is revealed from faith to faith. There has got to be an understanding that the trial of our faith, God always turns the heat up to a new level. When we graduate from one level, He turns the heat up to a new level. When you think you have arrived, the Lord says, good. Amen. Your purification process, your refining process goes to the next level. So I'm going to take you to another level. But what you've got to understand, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but what you've got to understand is that the faith begins to grow, prepares you for the next trial. It prepares you for the next test. You're not just dealing with kindergarten stuff. You're dealing with, with a doctorate now. You're dealing with a master's degree. You're dealing with issues that are so, so much greater than where you come from. With patience and precision, the refiner continues to remove layer after layer of impurities. Each time the gold becomes more precious and more pure than before. Isaiah 125, the Bible says, I will turn my hand upon thee and purely purge away thy dross and take away all thy tin. I'll get the impurities out of you is what the Lord said. Amen. Then the final step, when you know that the gold is right, when the refiner knows that the gold is, is pure, he will look into the crucible, and what he's looking for is no longer dross. What he's looking for is his reflection. Because a refiner knows that when it gets to that point, it is at the point of its greatest purity. Amen. We understand that a carrot is how they measure the pureness of a piece of gold. The purer the gold, the higher the carrot. Amen. The lowest carrot is nine. Nine carat gold is 37.5% pure. But 24 carat gold is 99.9% .9 
pure. Amen. Peter said that faith under fire is more precious. No, he didn't. He said it's much more precious than that of gold. The refiner, my friend, has a plan when he puts the gold in. And when God takes your life and puts you in the heat of a test and a trial, he's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for you. That's why Peter would write in 1 Peter 4 and 12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you, though some strange thing happened to you. What is he saying? Don't go bananas. When stuff starts happening in your world and suffering comes and problems come and trials come, don't go berserk. Don't start pulling your hair out. Anybody ever been there? Don't start panicking, amen, when you are in the process of your faith being tested by fire, amen, because James said in 1 and 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, mark it down, your faith will come under fire, God will test it, and he sits as a refiner, knowing how much to apply, watching as the dross and the impurities of your faith begin to rise to the top, until he can see his image in you and your faith. Somebody praise the Lord with me. Hallelujah. You know how I know when a person is understanding the fiery trial in their life is that when something goes wrong, they don't go berserk. They just don't become manic and, and crazy and they, they just realize, okay, this is hard, this is horrible, but I'm going to get through it because he got me through the kindergarten. I'm going to get through this. He's with me. He's with me. Amen. But the question is, why? Why we got suffering today? Suffering is a mystery that none of us can maneuver our way to an answer that it would be satisfactory if you got an answer for the deep suffering that you faced, would that change anything in your life? Oh, yeah, I'm good now. No, you're still hurting. You still have loss. You still have pain. You still went through it. Right? It is so hard for us humans to understand that when faith begins to be tested, he takes us from 1,000 degrees to 12,000 degrees. He takes us from those moments that are so, you know, you know, I get through this, and then all of a sudden it's like split second. He rushes to the deepest of, 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 of heat. Amen. I must be honest with you as a human being. I, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. Amen. Can anyone make sense of a story I just read of a newlywed missionaries couple that went to China who were captured by some communist Chinese, amen, and they drugged them through the streets half naked, amen. They drugged them through the streets and brought them to a place and cut their head off. I want to say that doesn't make sense to me. But yet, let me tell you about Ronald. Let me tell you about my brother Ronald, that at the age of 21, he was going to Bible college in Texas and building a church in Mexico. He planned to be a missionary, but at 21, amen, he was taken out of this world in a car accident. I don't understand that. God, why? That's a puzzle to me. Please, Help me understand why a young mother and her baby is killed in a car accident. Don't understand. How can ed educated parents, socially adjusted parents, take their five-year-old daughter and do unspeakable torture to her? They beat her. They kicked her until her body was nothing but bruises and laceration. They smeared excrement in her face because she didn't go to the bathroom like they wanted. How? How? How is it that the number one thing that is inching past drug peddling is... Uh, uh, <clears throat> it is how that they are taking kids. Uh, amen. What is it called? 
Human trafficking slipped my mind. How is it that human trafficking can be such a great thing and they don't talk about it on the news? They don't talk about those little kids being taken away. They're not talking about little boys that are being taken away. Amen. And, and, and Epstein didn't kill himself. Is there an answer for the story of Sam Elliott and his friends, men that flew to where the Inca Indians were to preach the gospel to them and they brutally murdered them? Is there any understanding? If you've never read through the Grates of Splendor, go pick it up. It will tear your heart out. Amen. But his wife, Elizabeth Elliott, would later write, There have been some hard things in my life, of course as there have been in yours. And I cannot say to you, I know exactly what you're going through, but I say that I know the one who knows. I know the one who knows. And I've come to see that it is through the deepest suffering that God has taught me the deepest lessons. And if you, if we'll trust Him for it, we can come through to the unshakable assurance that He is in charge. He is in charge. He has a loving purpose. And He can transform something terrible into something wonderful. And she says these words in the end of that paragraph. Suffering is never for nothing. Suffering is never for nothing. I don't understand it. I can't comprehend it. Amen. With my human mind. But faith is not some cosmic karma. That if I have it. That if what goes around comes around. That's not how faith is operated. Faith is not a good luck charm. I hang on the, the mirror in my car. And pray that I get all. I never have an accident. Faith doesn't mean that good will always come my way. Amen. Faith sees God as being God. And He will always be God. And He will always do what is best. Faith says God is forever faithful and true. Faith says God is both sovereign and and miracle worker. That means he may heal some and he may not heal others. But he's sovereign. He has a plan. Faith doesn't work like human logic and reasoning. See, this is where we get into trouble when we start looking at why. Human reasoning and belief is the response of feelings and seeing. Human response to suffering usually goes down the road of feeling and seeing, well, I see it like this, and I feel it like that. Why? Why? But faith does not work like human logic, or it wouldn't be faith. Right? I found this quote by Malcolm Mugridge, who was a, 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 a journalist in, in Britain, and he said this, Supposing you eliminated suffering, what a dreadful place the world would be because everything that corrects the tendency of man to feel over-important and over-pleased with himself would disappear. He's bad enough now, but he would be absolutely intolerable if there was never suffering. To which I say, Amen. Faith believes in what we cannot see. Faith sees into the invisible and tells and sees that God is able in that situation. Faith operates on a different vision level than just simply what we see. Amen. There is no logical or intellectual answer for fiery trials. But when you have faith, you can have peace in your trial. When you have faith, you can have strength in your trial. But also, you can be like the three Hebrew boys, amen, that had Christ in the fire with them. In the fire with them. Woo! Praise be to God. 
Praise be to God. Praise be to God. I want to say something here. If we all got measuring sticks out and we measured our worst moments of suffering, we would have some stories to tell. We would have some rulers to get out. And I want to say to you that we have all hurt. We have all suffered. We have all had the fiery trials that we have faced. But it is only by God's grace that we made it through one. It is only by God's grace we made it through two. It is only by God's grace that we made it through three. Amen. And your suffering is different than mine. But the struggle and the feeling can be identical. The hurt and the pain. Amen. That I can't understand why suffer God, why? Why did you allow that? Why did you allow that, Lord? I'm not trying to be simplistic, but he's God and I'm not. I said, He's God and I'm not. He knows what tomorrow holds, and I don't. It may look like it's bad, 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 awful now, but he has a plan. Notice what the writer writes in Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith takes you to where you can't see, you can't feel, and says, I take what God says over what I see and what I feel. In our, in our text, it says in verse 8, Whom having not seen, ye love. When we pastored in Parsons, Tennessee, a lady in our church there had a, a, a daughter... And she was married to a good preacher. And they went to a church in, in Memphis, Tennessee. And she carried a child that was stillborn and died in her womb. And, and Brother Edward, when he heard this, his response was he went straight to the church and unlocked the door and walked in and said, The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know, but he did. Amen. How is it? Because there is an understanding of faith that goes past what seems reasonable and what seems plausible. Amen. I could get angry and so yeah, it's all right. I understand that. I could be hurt and I understand that. But God, but God has a different plan. Amen. I want to tell you where your faith has got to begin. Your faith has got to begin in a place called Golgotha. Your faith has got to begin in a place called the cross. Your faith has got to begin in a place where of the ultimate paradox began. It is where you find suffering and victory. On one side you find blood, sweat, tears, and pain. And on the other side you find glory, righteousness, holiness, God bringing salvation to a world that is lost. <laughs> you think you've got something to say to God? The Son of Man said this, My God, my God, why, there's that word, why have you forsaken me? Wait, 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 we're talking about the water walker. We're talking about the dead razor. We're talking about the one that, 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 that blinded eyes open. And yet he's there on the cross with pain and agony. And he says, as a man, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where are you, God? Where are you at? Where are you at? These pains in my hands, these pains in my feet, this pain on my head. But I will tell you this, he could have called 10,000 angels, and yet he did not. Why? Because God had a plan. Because God had a plan. Hallelujah. God turned his face on the Son of Man. He turned it away 
Think about it. Amen. The Christ was rejected by his kin, the Jews, and rejected by his disciples as they walked away. Amen. But he was also turned away from his father. Why? Why? Why would a loving father stand by and do that? Do nothing. Do nothing. Hear me today. This is where we are. God, why don't you do something? God, why don't you do something? What You could step in if you wanted to. Yes, he could have. Amen. But sometimes we got to realize God's got a plan that is bigger than our painful moment. It is bigger than what happened in this year or what happened last year. It is bigger than what I'm dealing with right now. God has got a plan. I may not understand it. I may not can see it. But God has a plan in the trial of my faith. Hallelujah! You see, God views suffering differently than we do. I said God views suffering differently we see at the cross the sadness of a mother being told, Mama, go home by the son she gave birth to. We see the grief of his disciples who shirked away in shame and walked away in defeat. That's what we see. We see the blood. But God doesn't see that. He sees victory. He sees Tim Gill at the age of seven, needing the Holy Ghost. He sees me, amen, at the age of 14, needing a purpose in my life. He see, it is for that reason, brothers and sisters, God has a plan. And if you have no other recourse in your mind but to simply say, I'll stand on God has a plan when I don't understand it. God has a plan. Amen. I'll tell you what his plan included. Three days later, he's going to come out of the grave. He's going to come through it for our sake. Amen. The suffering will turn to glory. The suffering turns to glory. The suffering turns to glory. I hope I'm helping somebody today. Yes, the cross is a contradiction. It is suffering amplified. But it is also glory personified. God had a plan. When we suffer and we go through things, run to the cross. Run to the cross. Run to the cross. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12 and 2. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. Who. Listen to these words. Who for the joy that was set before him did what? Endured. We're not talking about the divinity of Jesus. We're not talking about the deity of Jesus. We're talking about the humanity of Jesus. Endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. That's why Peter said, don't think it's strange when fiery trials come to try you. Amen. Because you're to rejoice that you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy Christ endured suffering so I could shout and speak in tongues with a body that is pure, amen, with a mind that is pure, with a soul that has been washed hallelujah faith under fire also has for us a promise faith under fire can be confusing and hard and it is Impossible to explain, and it is. But here's something you need to know. No matter how bad it is, no matter how much you've lost, no matter how deep the hurt is, he's with us. Say it. He's with me. He's with me. He's with me. Evil may be present, as the psalmist said in Psalm 23 
He says in verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of a shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's not that evil is gone, but he said, I will fear no evil. Why? Thou art with me. With me. He's with me. I may lose my job, but he's still with me. I may lose my health, but he's still with me. My home may go up in smoke, but I still have him. Amen. A loved one may pass away. My, my mom and dad are gone. I can't pick up the phone and call him anymore and say, Dad, I need some advice. Mom, I want you to pray. I can't walk across the road and visit them. They are gone. But my God is still with me. The same God that was with them is with me. And I'm going to hold on to that when I suffer and when I hurt and when I don't understand. I'm going to hold on to it God, you are with me. It's not about my feelings. It's not about what I see. But it is about the fact I believe. I've been through some kindergarten tests. I've been through some senior year tests. I've been through some college tests. God, you are with me. You are with me. You need more? Isaiah 43 and 2. Isaiah 43 and 2. When thou passest through the waters, somebody shout, I will be with thee. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Oh, what is he saying? Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. Why? He said, I will be with you. He's in the boat. Wake him up. He's in your world. Wake God, I need you. If I never understand why we had three miscarriages, I know that God is with me. I come across this quote I want to share with you by a woman by the name of Janet Erskine Stewart who said this, Joy is not the absence of suffering, but the presence of God. Joy is not the absence of suffering, but the presence of God. What did we learn, amen, during our our, our dedication? In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness, fullness of joy. When I don't understand the suffering, I've got to run to his presence. I need to be in his presence because in spite of what I feel, in spite of what I see, in spite of the suffering, I can still have joy. I said I can still have joy. I can still have joy. I can still. Oh, praise God. Job lost everything except his faith. (laughs) I said he lost everything. He even had some knucklehead, rotten friends, so-called. With friends like that, I don't need enemies. Job, encouragers, possessions gone, his way of making a living gone, his wealth gone. His family, his kids, gone. He was tortured by his self-serving and critical friends. His wife told him to curse God and die, give up Job. Amen. Quit Job. He lost everything, but he didn't lose his faith. He struggled with what was happened to him, but his faith was still there. Let me show you how I can prove that to you. Job 23 and 1. Then Job answered and said, Even today is my complaint bitter. Been there. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. Years ago, I was standing on a platform of a church 
And the Lord spoke to me very clearly and said, one day you'll pastor here. At the time, 150 were there. Young evangelist, man, <laughs> I like this God. He didn't tell me there'd be eight when I showed up. My heart, because I heard from God, I thought, this is it. This is where I'm going to stay. This is, this, this is the place. God, I'm going to plant myself right here. We're going to build a church. And, and God did bless us, and I thank the Lord for that. Amen. And there came a season where I was hitting my head against the wall, and I started fasting and praying and seeking God. I want to tell you, I, I had fasted numerous times. My wife and I had had some discussions about that. I'll leave the discussion word to you to decipher. But after I was on a three-day fast, and I fasted one day, and I fasted half of another day, and I was laying in a couch that had a tree over the top of the couch. My wife does a great job decorating. I was in this room all by myself, and this one little tree thing over top of me. And I said, oh, God, oh, God, just about like that. Where are you? What's going on, God? And God spoke in my spirit, the same voice that said I'd go pastor there, now said to me, says, I'm tired of you coming. This is exactly what I felt in my spirit. I'm tired of you coming to me with this. I told you what to do. Now go eat and leave me alone. <laughs> you know what this fat boy did? I went straight up to the refrigerator, and from that day, I started saying, okay, God, now what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Oh, I had a plan, but God had another plan. I said, I had a plan, but God had another plan. Amen. God saw down the road that my ultimate place of pastoral ministry was not there, but it was in Medora. But because I had set my sights on my goal, my vision, my dream, God said, no siree. Amen. It was painful to say goodbye to that. I did not understand then, but I understand now. I didn't understand then, but I understand now. God had a plan. I wish I could get somebody to get what I'm saying. God had a plan. That's just the complaint part. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him. Does it sound like you and your struggle? That I might even come to his seat, I would tell him my mind. Yep. I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I'd tell God, what about it? I would know the words which I, that he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. He's going to answer what I want him to answer like I want him to answer so I can say, okay, it's all better now. No such thing exists. No such thing exists when there are such great suffering. Verse 6, he will plead against me with his great power. No, but he would put strength to me. There the righteous might dispute with him so would I be delivered from ever from my judge? Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. I want to go where he is. I want to go sit at his seat. I want to go before his throne. But I go forward and I can't find him. I go to the left and I can't find him. I go to church and can't feel him. I go to the prayer meeting I don't feel him. They sing the song. Amen. The how the Lord delivers, and I don't feel any deliverance. They sing the song about a healing, and I don't feel any healing. Oh, that I knew where to find him. But I don't perceive him. He said in verse 9 on the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But, but, I wish somebody just on that little conjunction would have took off shouting. But he knows. 
He knows the way that I, I take. Hallelujah. I can't feel him. I can't see him in this, but he knows where I'm at. <laughs> I said I can't feel him and I can't see him in this, but he knows where I'm at. And when he hath, when he hath, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth not complaining, not criticizing, not bemoaning my friends, but I'm going to come forth as pure gold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith under fire doesn't make sense. Suffering doesn't make sense when it's viewed through the eyes of the world. But faith that is tried in fire looks beyond the natural and sees the kingdom that is out of this world. Hallelujah. Let me give to you what, 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 what is continued. I didn't give you this verse in the text in the original. But Sister Shelley, you have it. 1 Peter 1, 13. Continuing the thought of being tried by faith. He says, wherefore? Wherefore? Gird up the loins of your mind. Watch how you think. Be sober and hope to the end. If it isn't the end, then keep hoping. If it is the end, you're with Jesus. There's no reason to hope. So keep hoping. Keep hoping. Amen. If you're not dead, God's not finished with you. If you're not dead, God's not finished with you. Hallelujah. But look at this, and hope to the end, for the grace is to be brought unto you at the revelation. Somebody say revelation, revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation here is more than just seeing Christ at the rapture or even at his second coming. The revelation is the result of faith under fire. It is in the fire that Christ reveals himself to us. I don't have this in my notes, but I want to go to it. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Get that ready and throw it up. It is in the trial that the revelation of Christ comes to us. Three Hebrews. It is in the fire that the revelation comes to us. Put it up when you got it. All right, you know this verse. You know this verse. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then faith cometh by hearing. Anybody got a Bible? You can open up because you don't have it on that thing. Anybody got a Bible? Because there's a word that's italicized in this verse, and I need to know which one it is. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Sometimes we don't understand the complexity of the Greek language. And this verse is one that when you understand the complexity of verbs and how they operate in the Greek, it makes the verse sound completely clear. And sometimes different. Bishop, you got it. Which is it? Is it the word cometh? All right. I wanted to make sure I got it right. So then faith cometh by hearing. They put that in the translation for it to make sense in English. Because in the Greek it reads like this. So then faith by hearing. So then faith by hearing. When you begin, let me just brush this over. I'll get deeper in it maybe some other time. But when you begin to study the Greek... It really says that the Word is the Word of Christ. It says the Word of God. We know they're one and the same, correct? But it's the Word of Christ. In Jesus' Word, He said, The Scriptures testify of Me. And what this verse is really saying is that when you get a revelation of the Word of Christ... When Christ is revealed to you, faith begins to come. Christ is revealed. Hallelujah. Go back to what he said. That when he said, gird up the loins of your mind, amen, and hope unto the end, which is going to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Your suffering is an opportunity for your faith to grow. For God wants to reveal himself to you in a way you never saw him. God wants to reveal himself to you. I wish, 
I wish I had the energy to swing from a tree. Amen. But God wants you to know He is going to reveal Himself to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me just get personal. I watched this couple right here suffered unspeakably and grieved with such deep grief, but still came to the house of God and worshiped and gave God praise and gave God thanks and gave God thanks. And then I, I watch her as, as Sister Rachel posts things that shows revelation. It shows the revelation of Christ in the moment of suffering. I don't go looking for suffering. I'm going to have it anyway, Brother Seth. It's going to happen in my life. It happens in all of our life. But if we will wait and say, Jesus, will you show up and reveal to me? I don't understand why this happened. I don't understand why I went through this. I don't know why I don't. But if you will show up, you're going to show me something new. And my faith is going to grow. Praise God. Y'all, tonight's going to be real short. Hang with me. First Peter 1, 8 and 9. Let me go back to that. Look at these words. Whom having not seen ye love. We talked about the visible, invisible. Though now ye see him not yet believing. Here's the response. You see him. He reveals himself to you. What's the response? Ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. I thought you're supposed to lose your mind. I thought you're supposed to give up. I thought you're supposed to quit. I thought you just decided to be a mediocre Christian. I thought you're just going to stand by and just wait. Amen. But no, I got a revelation of the one who said he'd never leave me or forsake me. I got a revelation of the mighty God in Christ who's my healer even if he don't heal me. I got a revelation of the one that's going to be my deliverer. Amen. Even if I'm never delivered. That is what faith does. When it is put under fire, the word here for joy occurs only here in this one place in the New Testament. Unspeakable joy. Only one time does that Greek word occur. Because the joy is so profound that the words are insufficient to express it. I don't want to hurt anybody in this room. I want to help you. You know which podcast on our podcast is among the top two of all downloads? The discussion on joy that happened here a few years ago. And that joy is a choice. Regardless of circumstances. I don't understand why. I wish I had answers for you. I wish I had answers for you. I don't. Because there is a God who says, I've got a plan. I don't understand this plan, God. It makes not a lick of sense. Go to the cross. And see once again. There's power. In the paradox of pain. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious, much more precious than of gold. The trial of your faith. The purity of gold was always in that metal, though hidden by the ore, though hidden by other materials. It just had to be refined. 
The word says that God gives to every man, every woman, a measure of faith. You say, I don't have faith. Yeah, he's already given it to you. To the heathen, he's given faith. To the agnostic, he's given faith. To the atheist, he's given faith. That's why they get mad. Because it makes not a lick of sense in the world for an atheist to even debate whether there is a God or not a God if he believes there is no God. Faith in this text is superior to gold. For gold is pure when it is reduced by the fire. Faith is more superior because faith doesn't operate in the same way. The chemical reaction is not the same. Because when faith is put to fire, it grows. Gold has to get smaller to get to its purified form. Faith, when it's put to the fire, begins to enlarge itself, begins to grow. Hallelujah. Then all of a sudden, love is found in the fire. Grace is found in the fire. Strength is found in the fire. Amen. Greater the heat, the deeper the peace. Suffering makes room for greater faith, greater love, greater understanding of God. I like what this man says, and I could pronounce his name, I would, but I can't. His first name's Thomas. He said this, To one who has faith, no explanation is necessary. To one without faith, no explanation is possible. I may not know why. I could tell you stories. I could tell you what I've been through. But I'm not going to. You can tell stories of what you've been through. I don't know why. But I know who. I said I don't know why. But I know who. I know who. I may not understand what is going on. But I know the one who does. And he is in control. Not me. One thing I know. Is that he said he would be with me. In the storm. In the fire. And also another thing I know is that you study Calvary. And the suffering of Calvary. Is that there was glory that followed. And the glory was greater than the suffering. Everywhere you find suffering about Jesus Christ in the New Testament. You will find glory somewhere close by. Look it up. I want to tell you today, no matter how great your suffering, if you will turn your life over to Christ, if you will say, God, be in this with me, I will not necessarily run from you anymore, but I'll run to you. God, be with me in this. My pain may continue. My misunderstanding may continue. But I will rest assured that somewhere glory is going to follow Stand with me, please. I listened to Bishop Steve Wilson as he was preaching. I forget the anniversary that it was this year of their son's passing 20-something years. And he talked about how that for days after days after days, he went out to his son's grave and cried and cried and wept and wept and wept until one day he said God showed up. He thought he'd never preach again. He thought he'd never preach again. Didn't know how he was going to cope. Let me tell you what God did. God took that tragedy and turned it into a ministry. Today, Brother and Sister Wilson hosts a retreat for parents that have lost children. And now they're ministering to them. One of the ones that came was the Curtains, who lost a teenage daughter. And now they're ministering to other people who have lost children. It's not that God chooses the suffering or says, I'm going to put that on you because I have a plan but it is God that looks at frailty of human flesh 
sickness and disease and accidents and problems that come upon us and says, I'll use them in spite of that. I'll take them to a place where they will give me glory in my presence. Has your faith ever been under fire? I said, has your faith ever been under fire? Did you want to walk away and quit? Did you feel like walking away and quit? I got my hand up as honest as I can be. I wanted to walk away. There were times I want to walk away and quit. I'm going to tell you this one thing, just so you understand where my heart is. About two years ago, I entered into a depression that I wanted to leave and resign. I was so discouraged. I didn't know what to do. Brother John, God showed up. God showed up. I can't tell you the day, Brother Keith, that I walked out of it. But I know I walked out of it because God showed up. Your suffering will either drown you in despair or be the water that you walk on to your deliverance and your victory. It just depends how you respond when your faith is under fire. Let's come to the altar right now. I'm done. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.